Hello, Virginia Heffernan here. What you're about to hear is a teaser for today's episode of Trumpcast, which is available in full for Slate Plus members only. See how tempted you are now to sign up for Slate Plus? We've made one in four episodes exclusive to Slate Plus members because they help support the work we do on Trumpcast and help fund other Slate podcasts like Slow Burn and Charged. To sign up and hear this episode and every episode of Trumpcast in full, please visit slate.com slash Trumpcast Plus. It's only $35 for the first year, and you'll get other benefits like ad-free podcasts and discounted tickets to live Slate events. So sign up now at slate.com slash Trumpcast Plus, and thanks for listening. Hello, my chérie, and welcome to Trumpcast. I'm Virginie Heffernan. So we are off to divine barrettes on our jet set tour today, and I feel like a 20s glamour girl in wide-legged pants and a flapper haircut. I feel like Zelda Fitzgerald. And it's going to be formidable and extra and soigné to hear from my guest, Eli Stokels, about the bronzed beauties and debonair roulette players discussing politics and art in high tones. And, oh, this is barrettes with Donald Trump in it. That's right. Eli, White House reporter at the L.A. Times, MSNBC political analyst, got to go to Baritz to join the press pool reporting on G7. But the fly in the bain de soleil was the fake tan galoot who holed up in his room rage tweeting the whole time he was in France, the president of the United States, whom the pool was there to cover. But... It's not like La France was missing from the event. Eli paints a picture of the summit using lovely pointilliste brushstrokes as one where sophistication embodied by President Macron won out briefly over the brutal crudeness and savagery of Donald Trump. Eli, welcome back to Trumpcast. Great to be back. So you're back from Barrett's. And before we go into bad Barrett's, you got to be in this like F. Scott Fitzgerald paradise. What was it like? Every now and then you have a moment where you say, okay, this job doesn't suck so bad. <laughs> it was great. I told my bosses I have to get there on Thursday because they shut down the airport on Friday. That was shut down to all but G7 flights, you know, heads of state coming in from other countries. So yeah. I said, hey, I got to go two days early because otherwise mm. you can't get there, even though yeah. there are obviously trains. So I got there Thursday afternoon. Trump didn't get there till Saturday afternoon. And those two days were, um, were really quite pleasant sitting on the beach. Is it what I picture it just like the high? of class or is it has it turned into Monte Carlo with casinos and whatever else there is a casino because I know that because that's where they serve the press lunch uh, in, it was <laughs> oh. on, the, the filing area was actually in the casino and our buffet was down uh, just past the roulette tables but it's not uh, the same vibe I don't think as Monte Carlo you can sort of feel the grandeur of the 50s and 60s, Oof. but it's a little faded, uh, you know, sunbaked at this point. And it was a kind of felt like a low key little surf village. I'm not going to even ask if there were like slot machines and blinking lights because I want to pretend it's Grace Kelly and James Bond playing roulette and like, you know, elegant gambling games. Yeah. So don't tell me otherwise. The other thing is uh, to go into the heart of the matter. I wonder 
if the beauty and semi-sophistication, or at least nostalgia we have for, you know, sort of 50s and 60s jet set, not before it was globalism, if that actually biases you going into it because you think Macron has, you know, brought us to beautiful barrettes with its sense that everyone is, um, you know, kind of high-level diplomats. You know, I have to say, when Trump was talking about bringing everyone to Miami and Doral to his own estate, I was like, oh, God, America just keeps embarrassing itself. We know he says beautiful Miami near the airport. I was just like, (laughs) for heaven's sakes, you guys are there in barrettes. You must feel sort of europhilic. Well, yeah, I guess so. And I I don't know what uh, the president was feeling. He was probably the first person to ever stay at the Hotel du Palais, which is the old princess's summer spot. Mm. This just really regal, Baroque, huge villa right on the ocean. I'm sure the president was the first person to ever sit there and stay in his room and tweet after watching Fox News. <laughs> you know, Boris Johnson even told other reporters that he uh, went out and took a swim uh, in the ocean and swam around a rock. But you know, anyway, I don't I don't know what was on Trump's mind, um, how much he got carried away with the scenery. It did seem pretty <laughs> obvious being there that, um, you know, we know he's a big consumer of, of the press coverage of his administration. And mm-hmm. he read all the, the reports previewing the G7 that were describing him fairly accurately as the outlier in the group, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. the kind of problem child of the you know, of all the leaders of these industrialized democratic countries. And he was determined to not play into that characterization. He was determined to be on good behavior and to continue to criticize the media for perpetuating that narrative and saying repeatedly, look, we're getting along. We we agree on this. And he was really glossing over obvious disagreements on a number of things They disagreed at the welcome dinner Saturday night vehemently uh, over whether to reinstate Russia into the G7. Uh, They obviously have differences on climate. Trump skipped the climate session on Monday. They have differences over Iran. Trump was pretty nonplussed, uh, to put it nicely, about the foreign minister of Iran showing up on Sunday afternoon. And yet when he spoke publicly, when he sat down for the bilats with Angela Merkel or Justin Trudeau or when he was at his press conference at the end with Macron, he was intent on sort of papering over, you know, all the daylight between him and the other leaders Hmm. and just Mm -hmm. saying, look, we get along so well. uh, Everything's great. We mostly agree. And and, and really, you know, we've seen him go to these uh, summits before and play it the other way. We saw him threaten to pull the U.S. out of NATO last summer in Brussels. Hmm. Uh, We've seen him really determined to make a summit about himself. Mm-hmm. This was not that so much. And, and Macron, in a way, sort of boxed him in. Macron was surprising him. Macron was waiting for him at his hotel when he arrived on Saturday. No one was expecting that. He and Trump had a lunch for an hour and a half just by themselves. Mm-hmm. Macron also made it so that at the welcome dinner that night, none of the advisors were really allowed to be around the principals. So that enabled uh, a more free-flowing conversation Mm-hmm. ensured that Trump wouldn't be influenced by other advisors uh, and that he would be in a group where basically Macron had uh, more people uh, on his side on issues like hmm. Iran or climate. Uh, and so it was really interesting how Trump kind of boxed himself in by saying, OK, I'm not going to play to type. I'm going to show people that we all get along. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so there were no outbursts, partly because Trump decided there weren't going to be. And also the way Macron uh, set up the thing uh, and, you know, had some cards that he didn't show uh, until 
you know, Trump showed up uh, mm-hmm. and the G7 started rolling, it, it made for, I guess, in the moment, a kind of less contentious meeting than certainly what we saw a year ago in Quebec when Trump left and and then in a fit uh, over some comments that Trudeau had made at a press conference, tweeted from Air Force One that he was taking his signature off of the joint communique. I mean, mm-hmm. this year, you know, Macron made it clear at the beginning, there's not even going to be a joint communique because mm-hmm. it was sort of a recognition of, look, there's you know, this we don't agree on everything. And rather than enabling that to be there and be a question that hovered over the entire thing, will Trump sign the communique? What will it say? Mm-hmm. Macron just took it off the table from the very beginning and said, we're not even going to bother with this. And so it was just <laughs> one less thing for Trump to be kind of a, an unknown, you know, unpredictable variable with. So it was just different. That was our preview. Aren't you compelled to hear more? You can just sign up for Slate Plus at Slate dot com slash Trumpcast plus to listen to the full episode and get all our podcasts without ads. That's slate.com slash Trumpcast plus.